Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at Supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale. Brewed by the award-winning team at Brick Lane Brewing. Drink responsibly. Access to the best in construction industry training. Call Master Builders Victoria today. Afternoons on SEN. Welcome back to the show. Simon Hill, host of the Global Game, will join us in a second. Plenty coming through on the 40 Winks temper text. We're looking for the best 24 moments in FIFA World Cup history. Thanks to Cars 24. Your next car is only a few clicks away. A few coming through. One of the more famous moments, definitely. Not great memories if you are Italian. Roberto Baggio putting his penalty over the bar in the 1994 World Cup penalty shootout against Brazil. Uh, Burkamp is one of the best ever and an Arsenal legend, Jules. One of my favourites. I'm 47. First World Cup I remember in 1982 with Paolo Rossi winning the Golden Boot and Italy defeating Germany. Now, unfortunately, uh, we lost Paolo Rossi a couple of years ago. He passed away in 2020, but no doubt an Italian legend, a broadcasting legend is our very own uh, Simon Hill. Global game on tonight. He's off to Qatar tomorrow, uh, so I'm sure he's very excited about that. Simon's been good enough to join us this afternoon. Hello, Simon. Hi, Jules. How are you, mate? Very well. Uh, very excited with the World Cup just around the corner. Before we get stuck in, now, if I had to say, what's one of your, or what's your favourite moment from a World Cup? What would it be? Oh, blimey. Um, huh. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, look, from a commentary point of view, it would have to be the uh, the game against Japan in 2006 uh, that I was fortunate enough to call during my days at SBS. Uh, that, that was very, very special, obviously, for the country and, and for me as well. Um, as a fan, I don't know. I mean, watching the World Cup when I was a kid in England, obviously, you know, England got to the semifinals in 1990, yep. which was... Pretty exciting, but uh, yeah, I'd say the Japan game. I think absolutely, yeah. I think most uh, many Australians uh, would definitely agree with you there. How are you feeling about this World Cup? We threw this question out there yesterday about what are the excitement levels compared to previous World Cups. We asked Andy Harper the same question. How are you feeling about it compared to when you've been on the eve of other World Cups that you've covered in the past? Well, it's a bit different, isn't it? Uh, let's be honest, because it's midway through the domestic campaign, both in Europe and here, uh, which we're not used to. So it feels a little bit strange. Uh, it's in a part of the world where the cup has, has never been before. Um, and, you know, that's in some ways, that's not a bad thing to, to spread the love and to, to give it to you know, parts of the world that uh, have never had it before. Obviously, there's, you know, there's a big cloud still 12 years on as to how they actually got it um but you know once the football gets going i think that will obviously take over and you know as, as a football fan obviously this is the, the once every four years big festival big party where the world gets together and you know we'll get excited when the games come around um 
but yeah, there's there's been a stench, no doubt, in the build up to this World Cup, and you know you don't need me to go over the issues again mm. about uh, human rights and uh, you know how migrant workers have died building the stadiums. There's there's a lot of things that aren't right, and I, the one thing that I I hope FIFA has learned, <laughs> and I'm not 100% convinced <laughs> that they have, but. I hope that they've learned is that this is not the way to award World Cups. Mm. And if you do, then, you know, you've got to be prepared for, for the fallouts. Um, but, you know, it's happening whether we like it or not. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll enjoy the football once it starts, I hope. From an Aust- yeah, I think we will once it, once it all gets underway. From an Australian point of view, Socceroos point of view, promising weekend in the A-League. Craig Goodwin was sensational for Adelaide. Uh, Jamie McLaren scored again. And you were lucky enough... Uh, to call the match between the Central Coast Wanderers and MacArthur, where Garang Quiles scored twice, his second goal, an absolute beauty. Just, you've been in this country a long time now. You've seen a lot of young players, Australians burst onto the scene. How, how excited are you about what this young man can do, you know, the remainder of this season, yeah. potentially in cameos in this World Cup and, and in the future for, for the Socceroos? Well, I mean, potentially he's got everything, um, but... You know, I, I'm I'm going to sound as though I'm putting a caveat in here, and I am because we've we've said this before about one or two players. Mm. You know, four years ago we were all getting very very excited about Daniel yep. Arzani. Now, you know, his his time may still yet come because he's still young enough. Um, but young players have to make the right move at the right time, and they have to continue their development in in the right way. Now, it's not quite worked out for Daniel uh, in that regard as yet. As I say, that it still might. Uh, my hope is that Garang is going to be different because there's no doubt he's a special player. And you saw that again, evidence of it on Sunday. Uh, I mean, that goal, the second goal, defied the laws of physics, really. Um, he's got so much talent. He's got so much confidence. Um, but, you know, we, we've got to temper that with the fact that he's 18. He, he's never even started yeah. a game in professional football as yet. And he's going over to the Premier League to play for Newcastle United. He's not going to go straight into their first team. My my hope is that he doesn't get sort of lost in that system and end up back in the A-League in two years' time, starting again, unfortunately, as Daniel has had to do. So there's excitement, but tempered with a little dose of realism. And of course, I hope that he's going to go to the World Cup and tear it up. He'll probably come off the bench if he plays at all. Um, and he's certainly got the ability and the confidence to do that. But, of course, we're talking, you know, the very highest level of world football. So it's going to be fascinating to see how he goes. And, you know, obviously I hope he goes and tears it up because it would be brilliant. But uh, let's just see. Let's not put too much pressure on the kid. Uh, There's a lot of hype about him, and rightly so. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's got a long way to go, and he knows that. It's been to Simon Hill, host of the Global Game on SEN tonight at 9pm across the SEN network. What have you made of the bits of the Cristiano Ronaldo interview that have come out with Piers Morgan? Today's features, you know, he's pretty critical of a couple of his former teammates, Wayne Rooney and Gary Neville. I'm not sure if you've seen the video, but there's a video posted of um, Bruno Fernandes and Cristiano Ronaldo, Portuguese teammates, Manchester United teammates, just coming together and it's, it's frosty. It's fair to say uh, between the two. Um, could this have an effect on Portugal, for example, in their World Cup campaign? And and what's next at club level for Cristiano? Do you think? Well, I mean, at club level, he's obviously pulled a hand grenade. Uh, you know, there, there is no way that he can play again for Manchester United. Uh, I, I would be stunned if he pulled the boots on again for them. 
because he's essentially uh, thrown custard pies at the whole club, um, which is a, a, either a brave or stupid thing to do. Now, I know that some United fans are saying, look, good on him for speaking out because somebody had to. And there's clearly a, you know, a fair bit wrong behind the scenes at Manchester United. Uh, and in fairness to Eric Ten Hag, their new manager, he's trying to sort a lot of those things out. And it's quite clear that Cristiano Ronaldo is not the long-term solution for them. He's 37-38. Brilliant player, though he's been. Um, still one of the best in the world on his day. But he's coming towards the end of his time. And I, I think at club level, he will be on the move in January, if not before then. Um, in terms of his international uh, relationships, look, I, I tend to feel that you know when you're playing for your country at a World Cup, um, you don't always get on with everybody you work with, do you? I mean, I'm sure there's, <laughs> you don't have to mention names, Jules, but I'm sure there's people that you work with that, you know, you don't necessarily have the best of relationships with, but, you know, when the lights go on and the microphone is switched on, you, you get on with it. And I think that will be the case with Ronaldo and Fernandez um, with Portugal because it's a short tournament. But, you know, if they were to go back as teammates at Manchester United, and I don't think it would just be Bruno Fernandes, to be honest, after what he said to Piers Morgan. I think a lot of players would be pretty peed off, <laughs> to use a, you know, the common vernacular, as to what he's done. Um, so I think that's the end of the road for Ronaldo at Manchester United. And uh, probably, you know, the sooner they they part ways with each other, the better for all concerned. Yeah, I'm not sure who's advising him, but it doesn't seem like the, the greatest idea. Uh, before we let you go, Simon, uh, what's on the show tonight? And also, Daryl, off our 40 Wings temper, wants your... Pick to win the World Cup, a dark horse, and golden boot winner, if you can give us those three. Oh, blimey. Okay. Um, World Cup winner, I'm going to go for Argentina. It's Leo Messi's last crack at the World Cup, and I've just got a sneaky feeling that they might do it. Uh, Golden boots, I'll go for Gabriel Jesus, Mm -hmm. because I think Brazil are going to have a good tournament as well. Uh, Dark horse. I'd love to say England, but I don't think I can really. Um, I'll, I'll go for Croatia. They t- I know that they're, they're an ageing squad in some regards, but they still have some you know, real quality players. They got to the final last time, so they, they will probably not be talked about too much by a, a lot of people, but uh, they're always competitive, so I'll go with those three. Magnificent. Sorry, on the show yes. tonight. On the show tonight, Jonathan Aspro from uh, MacArthur, we got the brilliant Tim Vickery talking about South American teams' chances at the World Cup uh, and all our regulars as well. And, of course, we'll review the round just gone in the A-League, which is one of the best in recent memory, actually. 100% that Sydney derby was magnificent. Simon, thanks again for your time. Looking forward to the global game tonight on SEN 9pm across the SEN network. And uh, safe travels over there. And we look forward to uh, listening to you from the World Cup. Thanks very much, Jules. Have a great week. Great to chat to Simon Hill, of course, reminder, Global Game tonight, 9pm across the SEN Network. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.